0: Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. We can experience things like sore joints, that can lead us to all kind of self-diagnoses of different things, the brain fog and the forgetfulness. We can start again to get ourselves into this complete pickle of self diagnoses around different symptoms coming together and please for the love of god do not consult dr google in this episode we are going to be covering knowing if and when to start hrt a question that i get asked quite a number of times both by current clients but also by people that drop into my dms on a regular basis and I realise that it's probably something that's quite confusing for so many when GPs within our practices in the UK and also actually further afield I have clients in Australia, I have clients in America and both of those massive areas do not seem to have the knowledge base around HRT for those clients. And it's only been through the work that we've then done together that they've been able to achieve the right preparation for them. So I want to bust a few myths. I want to take you through a journey of understanding, knowing yourself when or if you entirely want to be starting hormone replacement therapy. So that is what HRT is short for, hormone replacement therapy. There are many different hormone replacement therapy options. And I also want to touch on the fact that you might decide that it's not right for you to be starting on hormone replacement therapy. And that is your full empowerment autonomy decision. I just want to give you the facts. I want to give you some basics around it all so that we're taking all of the medical jargon away so that you feel a bit more empowered and within your safe zone to be making your decisions and having those conversations with your GP or menopause support provider. So I want to look at today with you a little bit of an overview of what happens to our hormones during our perimenopause, menopause and postmenopause stages of our life as women. I want to touch on HRT as in what it is, what the various types are that are out there for you and maybe some guidance on how you can effectively and efficiently choose the right HRT for you and your body. And then I feel it's also really valid and vital that we cover off alternative therapies. And hopefully we are going to fit all of that into a half an hour podcast as we normally try and keep these two. So I'm going to jump straight in with you as always. Knowing if and when to start HRT. So let's start with the basics around hormones. We appreciate that there are different stages of a woman's fertility journey. So if we look at what menopause is not, it is not an illness or a disease, it's not one of these things that we have to fear or dread. I really hope that as you are coming along on this podcast journey and you're listening to each and every one of these episodes, that you are starting to feel a little bit more empowered as you go, that you're finding that actually, wait a minute, this could be a really, really vibrant journey for me, full of opportunities to get to know my body better, to really listen to what my body's telling me. And to be able to then take appropriate action to support that. And if that happens, then the job of this podcast is done entirely. But we'll keep going, I promise. So looking at hormone levels during our pre-menopause stage of life. So we're going to cover four stages at the moment. That pre-menopause stage of life is from around about our teenage years when we are sitting very fertile indeed Round into our 20s, you know, kind of optimal periods around late teens, mid 20s for bearing children, if that's what we want to do, if that's what we choose to do and if that's what we can do. And then into our late kind of 20s, early 30s we're still in that very good position, we hit our mid-30s and we start to enter into that stage known as, for some, perimenopause. So all of you here listening have been here since episode one will know that my own journey started at 36. When I was just very acutely aware that my body was changing, there were things happening that I was like, where is this even coming from? So when we are really in tune or what I refer to as attuned with our own body's needs, but also just certain things that might be happening that you think that's new or this doesn't feel great or even just I don't really feel well, I don't feel myself. And that can tend to lead to certain things like health anxieties. So health anxieties are very common within the perimenopause early stages. As we start to experience some symptoms or ailments, those symptoms and ailments might be heart palpitations. We may have never faced these or experienced them before, and they can be pretty alarming when they start happening. I know you'll be nodding away thinking, yep, I'm there, I feel it, it's not nice, If you haven't experienced them, then just to put them into a bit of context, heart palpitations are like those flutters inside your chest and they come out of nowhere. They can last for just a few seconds or they can last for quite a while. And it's not the nicest of experiences. They can create then a health anxiety around, well, what's wrong? You know, what's going on inside? We can experience things like sore joints. That can lead us to all kind of self-diagnoses of different things. You know, the the brain fog and the forgetfulness. We can start again to get ourselves into this complete pickle of self-diagnoses around different symptoms coming together. And please, for the love of God, do not consult Dr. Google. I don't know about you, but every time I hear of someone like one of my ladies in my community, one of you ladies, one of my clients, someone messages me and says, Adele, I've Googled these symptoms and I automatically go, oh my God, no, (laughs) no Dr. Google is allowed in this space because ultimately we all end up dying of something by the end of that, right? So please, for the love of God, do not consult Dr. Google. If you have questions, you have a direct line into myself and my team. Do not sit silent, all right? So we can experience all these arrays of symptoms and ailments. We can start to self-diagnose. We're kind of in our mid-30s. We start to enter into that latter stage of our 30s, early 40s. And it's around about 41, average benchmark age, Give or take, yeah, we're all individual, but average 41 that we enter into perimenopause. So that's our second stage of this fertility journey. And within perimenopause, what we're experiencing there is a change in our hormonal profiling, our female sex hormones, three core hormones being estrogen. Okay, and we're not going to go any further than that. I'm not going to break it down, but estrogen. We break it down inside our menopause support coach certification for any of you that want to go deeper. We also have progesterone and we also as females have testosterone. So those three core sex hormones, very, very vital to not just our ability to function, but our ability to live, right? They're not just, although they're known as our female sex hormones, they're not just relevant for sex. They're not just relevant for baby making, They are relevant for a heck of a lot of different things, health implications once they start to drop. So perimenopause starts to happen to our body. It's a normal part of our journey in female fertility life. And ultimately what it means is you may experience, but not every woman does experience this at the start, but you may experience some period changes. So this is where maybe your flow has changed, either got heavier or got lighter your duration of your bleed has changed. So you may bleed for shorter length of time or longer time. So basically any change that you recognize within your menstrual cycle, monthly bleed, period, menzies, whatever you refer to it as, but ultimately your monthly bleed. So being aware of that. For those ladies that have a contraceptive, it's a little bit different because you will know that when we take a contraceptive, either the combined pill, the implant, the injection, we might even use the Marina Coil, then for a lot of ladies, we either have that break bleed, so that pill break bleed. Okay, or if you have the Marina coil, you may not even be having a bleed. So you might not be fully aware if you are experiencing any period or bleed changes. I didn't. So I had the Marina coil as a contraceptive after having my twins. And for me, I didn't actually have a period. I've not had a period for over 10 years because I replaced the coil. Now, for me then, I couldn't decide whether there was any change because even though I don't have a bleed, I also don't have any of the symptoms that would indicate that I am on a bleed or in any type of ovulation. So whilst that's quite rare for some women, I don't actually know if I still have a period. I could be in postmenopausal stage right now, but I know I'm not because we've done a lot of different checks. And recently I've just had a blood profiling done again to check where my HRT levels are sitting. So if we then take a look at stage three we have previously then looked at our pre-menopause we have touched upon our perimenopause which is stage two and then stage three being our menopause so menopause is when you have not had a bleed for 12 consecutive months the next again day is your menopause day and then every day after that you are in your fourth stage which is post-menopause. And that is particularly where the majority of ladies will spend about a third of their life in post-menopause. And what that ultimately means is through perimenopause, so that's stage two, as the hormones estrogen and progesterone have been dropping and decreasing, we then finish our fertile journey as we enter into menopause. And once we are no longer having a monthly bleed, and we haven't done so for 12 consecutive months plus that day we are then entering into that post-menopause stage where we no longer have bleeds. Our hormone levels, oestrogen and progesterone, have taken an all-time lower drop. And this is when some women can experience and suggest that I just feel like I'm a lot better now. I feel like my symptoms aren't as bad because we have a new stabilisation out of those hormones at a much lower level. So some women will never ever release all of the symptoms because we do rely upon oestrogen and progesterone many different functions in the body and this is probably a beautiful segue then into the HRT side so what we want to do is look then at what do we mean by HRT or hormone replacement therapy well when we start to talk about hormone replacement therapy we start to get a bigger picture around well what do we actually mean because I get asked a lot of questions around can I replace my hormones through supplements and the straight answer to that is no. We can never replace our hormones via supplements. We can only replace our hormones via hormone replacement. So hopefully that is a very straightforward answer to that question. Now as we start to dive a little bit deeper into this and appreciate what HRT really is, I want to cover off a couple of different words that are very similar, very confusing. And certainly when I started to research in this space around four years ago, really caught me. So the two words are body identical and bio identical. And I'm sure many of you will be thinking, yes, Adele, this gets me too. This is one that confuses the life of me. What are they? Why are they different? So when we look at what is HRT, being that replacement of hormones, And we understand the different types. When we look at body identical hormones, these hormones are regulated. Very important word. Regulated hormone replacement therapy. They're deemed safer to use because they're tested, they're researched and they're under strict development regulations. They are NHS available on prescription in the UK and Northern Ireland. And they're derived from yam plants. Now, when we switch over and think about bio-identical, and a lot of people will get these two confused. When we look at bio-identical hormones, it is actually unknown at this present time in the year 2022 on what the safety levels of these hormones are. So testing is not clear on what the side effects may be in long term use and batch standardisation is not seen. So what we understand here is that they're not widely researched or tested or tried or put through as much rigorous pharmaceutical regulations. So we need to appreciate that there's not a lot of evidence-based information for the effectiveness of bioidentical for safety and certainly they will be marketed as being able to be made individual to the lady's needs. What we do understand, however, is that they are still made from plant sources, but these are not available on the NHS prescription. Okay, these are private clinics only that tend to make these available and advertise them. So if you are looking at starting a journey of hormone replacement therapy, then I would. And this is where I do make a disclaimer with a little bit of everybody has a little bit of own bias and how we research and look at things. So there is always that element there. No one can ever be completely non biased I use body-identical HRT. So that disclaimer has to be made here. Not bio-identical. So when we look at that, we appreciate that there are differences in them. Now what type of HRT is going to be right? And this is the question, right? Knowing if and when to start HRT. What is right for you? Well, when we look at these different elements of HRT, we appreciate that the three core sex hormones do have replacement options. And those replacement options come in many different forms. I'm not going to go into super detail on this in this podcast. But what I will say is that oestrogen... The kind of gold standard that we would look for in your application is transdermal. So this is anything that can be sprayed onto the skin, put onto the skin in a patch, put onto the skin in a gel, for example. And also you can get a vaginal pessary, which technically is not classed as HRT or hormone replacement therapy because it stays localised within the vaginal wall. Just really helps basically if you're struggling with a lot of vaginal symptoms, if you're struggling with dryness, itching, irritation, painful sex, that type of thing, we can actually support you without having to go for full systemic, as in passing through the entire body, HRT, you can go very localised with a vaginal style pessary. Then our progesterone element. So if you have a womb, you will still require a progesterone part to your HRT. You cannot go oestrogen only if you still have a womb. So unless you have had a hysterectomy to remove that, you will still require a progesterone. And the progesterone acts in many, many different ways, but ultimately to keep the lining of the womb thinning. Okay, we don't want it to over-thicken, we want to keep it a nice thickness. So progesterone will do that and you can get that in the form of a micronized progesterone which is an oral tablet form called euchigestan. Many may be familiar with this listening and if you're not familiar with it, it can be taken orally through the mouth but it can also be used vaginally as a pessary style. You've also got the option of the IUS, or the Marina Coil as we know it, and that releases more of a synthetic form of progesterone. So the Uchidgestan tablet form is a micronized body identical, very like for like within the body as much as possible. The Marina Coil being more of a synthetic form of progesterone, but again, like I said previously, that was the option that I opted for because it did also give me the contraceptive protection. And then finally, you've got a combined patch. So when we say combined patch, we mean that it contains both your oestrogen and your progesterone. Now, whilst that may seem, well, that feels easy. I'm just going to go with that option. I would always encourage you to do your research before you make your decision. And please do never just let your doctor or your medical practitioner make the decision for you. The reason I say that is if you go for a combination or a combined HRT preparation, you do not have the control to then modify each element of that HRT. So you are getting a continuous release of the dosage there for your oestrogen and your progesterone. But if you want to alter those, you can't. So please bearing that in mind and symptoms that can arise could be higher levels of oestrogen than you particularly need for your body, which can actually exasperate your symptoms. So whilst you think I need this for my vasomotor sweats and my flushes, I need this for my itchy skin and my heart palpitations, you may actually exasperate the symptoms you're experiencing if your oestrogen levels go too high. So it's about being able to be in control and you can do that better when you have those elements split out. But like anything, this is all about educating yourself, informing yourself and understanding what's going to work better for you. Okay, and then testosterone. So finally, testosterone replacement therapy as it's known. So TRT, we can get that in the form of a gel like I use, the Testo gel. You can get it in a cream. So there is a branded, marketed version out there called Androfemme. And you can also get different forms of either injections or implants and pellets. However, it must be noted that the injections, implants and pellets are not widely offered within the UK. But if we have anyone listening to this outside of the UK, they are widely available within the Americas. So just noting that for our American listeners. So this is about really empowering yourself around what do you feel will work better for your body. So when it comes to what type of HRT is best for you, you will know what feels good. Does it feel good to rub a clear gel onto your thighs each day or does it feel better to pop a plaster style patch onto either your top hip, your abdomen, your buttock area and just remain in place for a week to 10 days depending on your change cycle. So when we think about all of these different elements of HRT, it does not need to be any more confusing than, I need an oestrogen, and if I have a womb, I need a progesterone. And then it's making sure that you work through what is going to work best for you. Is it a gel and the utergestin to start with? See how you get on. If it's not and you think I don't like applying the gel each day, then maybe it's a patch So this is about really finding out what is going to work best for you, and that's where we start. It's not a magic quick fix when we bring HRT into the equation, which is why in previous episodes we've covered off about how important it is that your foundations are in place for your health and your happiness journey through nutrition, lifestyle and mind practices, which is basically our three steps to success inside Adele Johnston Coaching. So we have covered off knowing if and when to start HRT. We've looked at what HRT is. We've looked at what types are available. And we've covered very briefly on how you can choose your HRT, which is going to be right for you. Please do ask questions. Do your reading. Listen to podcasts like this one. Get really knowledgeable around what feels good for you and move on from there. So if you are offered a combination patch and that doesn't necessarily ring true to what you want, then you're able to have that discussion around knowing there are alternative options for you. And then it's also appreciating that for those of us that A, do not want to replace hormones, or B, maybe cannot replace hormones, there are alternative therapy routes. And this is something where I've worked with a number of ladies who fall into the category of not being able to, for medical reasons, replace their hormones, and also those that choose to do it more naturally. Now, when I say the word naturally, I don't intend to make a differentiation between HRT not being natural, because there's a certain shame that can follow that word within the menopause space. And this is a shame-free space. (laughs) This is all about empowerment, this is all about education and this is certainly all about giving you your autonomy to make decisions for your own body. I've already made that disclaimer that I replace my hormones with body identical hormones. Being in this space it's understanding that when we say doing it naturally some ladies just choose that that is best and that is a hundred percent okay we are fully behind all of our sisters in this space in the decision that they take for their own bodies but what we need to appreciate is that when our hormones drop so significantly in that stage two perimenopause we want to make sure that we are giving our body the best possible foundations so this is where approaches such as a holistic menopause support fall into place And that comes in the form of mind-to-body practices. And some of these you may already do. Some of these you may now take forward and explore. And if you are an HRT user, if you decide to replace your hormones, then this can still vastly benefit your HRT and menopause journey. So first off, we have things like hypnosis. We also have cognitive behavioural therapy. These therapies together can be very effective, Okay, understanding that actually there's a lot of research within the brain space fascinates the life of me. That we can control a lot of how we feel in the physical form by one single thought. So, if we tell ourselves that something feels a certain way, we will ultimately believe it and we will feel it. So, you can control a lot through your mental clarity and mind space. Understanding that things like relaxation and self cares is massively important. Understanding that breath work and yoga are key staples within your must dos. Okay, when we breathe in a natural form throughout the day, we do not breathe normally. We do not breathe in a healthy fashion, and we certainly do not breathe to support our body on in any given day. So, by able to be quite present within your breath you are going to support your body vastly. Things like movement, so walking, um, making sure that you're getting some even resistance training in is going to vastly support both your bones, so in form of osteoporosis prevention and protection, and also sarcopenia, which is the wastage of muscle volume. So there is a lot you can do in that space. You also have natural products some of which I'm going to cover off now for you, but they fall into that herbs, vitamins and minerals kind of dietary supplement phase. And if we think about what they are, there are many different vitamins and minerals out there that we can get through our foods. So please always do think about how is your nutrition? Can you ensure that you're bringing in 20 to 30 grams of protein at each main meal? Okay, can you make sure that you're bringing in adequate amounts of dietary fats and also ensuring you're bringing in a good array of fruits, roots and vegetables. When we think about the supplementation side, okay, we can tend to fall into this, I'm just going to buy this box of pills because it's going to make everything better lifestyle. And I do not advocate that lifestyle. So what I would advise that we do from here is that you really ask yourself the question on, are my foundations strong? Are my foundations in nutrition balanced? And I don't mean that you can't be having the refined carbohydrates and sugars. I certainly don't mean that you can't be living your life and having a nice cocktail in the sunshine. Alcohol is not banned. It's all in your choice and your decision. Okay, this is important. We've got to live a happy life. But this is where you get to really make those conscious and mindful decisions, So herbal therapies that may support you but please before you do consult and take any of these supplements speak with your guiding practitioner or your medical support coach. Very important. So black cohosh you may be familiar with that. It can have some nice sedative style effects so much like a progesterone would do for sleep. This can support with that. It has been said to be anti-inflammatory And it can support with how you are feeling with your decreasing of your hot flushes and vasomotor symptoms. It's a bit of a relaxant. But again, this is not a medication. It is a herbal therapy. Something else that you may be familiar with is the Angus Castus or Chaseberry, for those of you that are more familiar with that terminology. Again, a herbal remedy that can act to decrease your LH, your luteinizing hormone and prolactin and that's important during your menopause for your overall feeling of well-being. It may help to raise your progesterone okay say may big bold letters again we cannot replace our balance hormones with supplements but it may help to promote that progesterone functionality. So just being aware with this And then one that I utilise myself, but also will encourage some of my clients, not all, we don't all need it, certain stages of life we might, is one called Ashwagandha KSM 66. This is a natural remedy okay, from a root extract that can help to improve sleep quality. It can also support mental clarity and it may be shown to assist in stress reduction, Now the reason this one is quite important is because there's a lot of good research that shows that it can naturally support in lowering your cortisol levels. But like anything, you need to ensure that it's not going to interfere with any medications that you are on. And then sage. Sage is another one that we're quite familiar with in the menopause space. So this can support with your vasomotor symptoms, your flushing. And it can act as an anti-inflammatory support. So just being aware, again, of each of these supplements. There are many, many, many more out there. But where can you build some of these in when you can answer the question, yes, my nutritional pillar is a strong foundation. Yes, my lifestyle pillar is a strong foundation. And yes, my mind pillar is a strong foundation. When you have those three foundations in your triad in a good place, your therapies are going to be way more effective, regardless of if that is an alternative therapy route or a hormone replacement therapy route. So hopefully this has given you a good overview, an insight into knowing if and when to start HRT. You do not need to wait until your symptoms are severe. Okay, As soon as you start to notice that things are changing, that things are altering your ability to be happy in life and with your body then that would be an indication that you need to step up for yourself for your body and be present and that is where it comes into this world Okay, do not sit silent please ask all the questions know that you are only ever one email or message away from help you can message us our team at support so the word support at adelejohnstoncoaching.com or you can find me If you want to get me directly, you can find me over on all major social media platforms, including LinkedIn. Just look for Adele, the menopause coach. And if you are on Instagram, Adele.Johnston, you will find me there. So hopefully this has given you a good insight and overview. Please do research, do your reading, understand what you want for your body. You owe yourself that responsibility. Does not sit with outsiders to know what is right for you. This is your body, your one and only. So treat it with love, care, compassion and respect. And know what you want, that's important. So please do, if you have enjoyed this episode, if you've taken any nuggets of information away that you have found very valuable, please do go ahead and share this episode with someone else. That is how we grow, that is how we reach women around the world and that is certainly how we help with making menopause mainstream. As always, I absolutely love the fact that you are here, you are listening. So please do leave a review on your favourite part of this episode. That does help us to grow within the algorithm and reach more women around the world. And for those of you that are subscribed, you will have early access to the next episode as soon as it goes live before we make everyone else aware that it has gone out. So if you are not already a subscriber please go and hit that button. Either subscribe or follow whatever you do on your platform. And I will see you on the next episode. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing. To help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power because together we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.